Ladies, gentlemen, geeks of all ages, you are now entering BJ Shea's Geek Nation. Welcome. Welcome to another edition of BJ Shea's Geek Nation. I'm Vicky Barcelona. Yes. And with us, that voice, BJ Shea. I can't believe I am here. Me neither. Yeah. <laughs> but you know what? It's been quite a stretch, so I'm going to keep it going. All right. Let's see how long you can make this happen for. And also with us, Joey Dees. What kind of sorcery is this? How did you appear here, BJ? This <laughs> <laughs> must be some dark magic from the movie we saw, because on today's episode, we are going to discuss Dungeons and Dragons. Why? I know, we've been watching movies, because that's not the only one. We also saw John Wick 4. My God. We have really, it's, it's been like the old days when Joey was a very young man, boy. Well, as a young boy. Young man boy. Man, man boy. <laughs> man boy. But we would do back-to-backs in the theater of the same movie. He doesn't quite do that anymore with me, but there were times when you were a little kid going, hey, would you like to watch Star Wars again? He's like, yeah, Dad. And next thing you know, we're back in the theater. How would you like to watch X3 back-to-back-to-back? Yeah. Oh, I, that was like the only movie I've ever seen multiple times in theaters. Yeah. And that was a mistake. Yeah, sorry. <laughs> we will also discuss some awesome comics that are currently having more issues. Hey, and by I that, see what you I mean, there. yes, pages are being written. Mm. And of course, the geek sheet with Vicky B. Vicky, how can people get a hold of us? Get a hold of us via our website, bjgeeknation.com. It's going to have our blogs, podcasts, and more. I love more. More? <laughs> Or just search for BJ Shay's Geek Nation on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, YouTube, iTunes, and the Odyssey A-U-D-A-C-Y. Odyssey. <laughs> well, as we alluded to, BJ and I have been hitting the lovely movie theater. And what have we been watching, BJ? Well, we got to see Dungeons. No, we, we got to see Dungeons and Dragons, which, uh, you know, I was very tentative about. And uh, obviously a lot of Dungeons and Dragons fans tentative because, well, they've tried to do stuff before. Hasn't really gone over well. Have the D&D movies in the past been mm. passable? Mm. No. Mm. <laughs> uh, have dragon movies in general been passable? Not really. Yeah, it's tough because Dungeons & Dragons, of course, a great game, has a lot of lore within the game, but is it something you can make a story about that people can relate to in a movie? It's hard, in, in my opinion, to do. A lot of D&D is using your imagination, as you have a dungeon master who's going to set up a story for you, and you are going to play a character in that story. How does that translate to a screen well, not good until now. Yeah, well, you know, and this is the problem that a lot of games that are turned into movies have is that, you know, even Halo, it's like Master Chief is very interesting, you know, in the game, but he really isn't anything, you know, as far as doing a movie. Uh, and, and then when they try to do him in the TV show and give him sort of a history, people were not happy. So I think the best thing to do is just to create something within the universe and Halo's tough because how do you do something without Master Chief uh, unless you make him like a Mandalorian-type character and just to build people around him. He's there, but he's really not the guy that you got to get deep on. Uh, and that's what they did with this new Dungeons & Dragons movie. They took a lot of the lore, a lot of Easter egg kind of stuff, but they gave us a bunch of characters that we never heard of before but don't mind because they put them in worlds that we are very familiar with. And you know what they did best? They took a budget. 
and they did not hold back. Yeah, they. Oh, it, it's 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 a gorgeous movie. Chris Pine. You know what, man? I mean, you want that guy to be a, a comedic, charming, charismatic person. He will do that every time. He plays one character, but he plays him real well. Yeah, he does. Uh, and it was great seeing Hugh Grant as uh, really the duplicitous, smarmy, a hole bad guy who looked like he was going to be a, a, your buddy for about twenty seconds. Very narcissistic type of dude. And you, anybody that knows anything about narcissism, you can see him walking down the street. Most definitely. Uh, yeah. Uh, and Michelle Rodriguez was amazing as Holga. I don't know what she was or what the guy she was married to, which was a great cameo from Bradley Cooper. Oh, so good. I don't know what these creatures, I don't know Dungeons and Dragons enough to know. He's like, he's not a hobbit because that's Lord of the Rings. And she's the same size as a regular human, which is Chris Pine. But she's, you know, she kicks ass. She's got amazing strength. But I don't know what the little dude was because he looked just like a little human. No, he's tiny Bradley Cooper. And apparently <laughs> he likes to uh, have sex with big women. Tiny Cooper. Well, I mean, look, if Michelle Rodriguez comes a knocking, who's going to say no? That's no fair. matter how tiny you are. Though I'm not sure what she gets out of the end of all this. But hey, listen, we'll... You know, I'll let you leave that to your imagination as well. I know. Such a funny scene. They really do a great job of setting it all up. Uh, I And, you know, the the CGI was great. I yeah. loved the fact that they built a and d party, and they kind of explained it to the newer audiences who hadn't seen the movie in a very fun way where they do this fun backstory. You know, Chris Pine is essentially a bard. He's He's the planner, as they call it. But his character is essentially useless because he makes terrible plans. Yes. And his whole joke is, I'm here to make a plan, but your plans don't work. Well, that's why you need me because when the first plan fails, I'm going to need to make another plan. Yeah. And then- <laughs> he's, he's, he's really great. It's like like a bard, you know, yeah. uh, which we've seen a v- similar with the character in The Witcher. How, you know, you are, are you useful? <laughs> or just a pain in the ass. But he's the leader of this ragtag group of idiots. Yeah, and it's just a fun story. Again, I don't think they, uh, I think they did a, ru- a good job by not trying to make it too detailed or too intricate where you're like, can't follow anything. It's really just a fun ride about a guy trying to get his daughter back. And you get good actors. You know, you get decent writing with good actors in a world that is so super fantasy crazy. Good actors will ground it for you. And uh, Chris Pine did a great job with that. Michelle Rodriguez. Uh, the whole crew, Justice Smith, who played Simon, and uh, Sophia Lillis, who played Doric. I'm, i I, I got to give these guys credit because this ragtag group of people, uh, man, they did a nice job. And Daisy Head, who you may know from Shadow and Bone, Daisy Head, who played like the one of the evil Red Wizards, God, she was so good. Man, she was so good. And just you know, every time you saw her, she, she didn't say much or do much, but her facial expressions just basically stole the show every time she was on screen. Yeah, that deadpan, almost like, uh, oh, I can't even think oh, of it. Oh, you're, you're, you're maybe like uh, like Wednesday or yes, Aubrey yes. Plaza. Aubrey Plaza, thank yeah, you. Yeah, you know, uh, yeah, it, it's, 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 it's fantastic, and I just love it. And... Fun movie. I mean, a very. I mean, you, you really, if you want to see it on the big screen, I, th- I mean, look, I'll watch it on the little screen too. But the big screen is is a great place for movies like that. And uh, they actually, at the beginning of the movie, they were all there sitting in a chair. You know how Nicole Kimmy goes, "Thank you so much for coming to the movies." And it's like, well, we're already here, but thanks for telling me I should go to the movies. <laughs> uh, these folks knew we were at the movies, and they all thanked us for being there. Oh, she but. also was in the Sandman. 
Yeah, she was. Yes, Daisy Head. I, I, she was, she looked familiar. She was in that creepy episode at the diner. Yeah, she's she's so good. Mm-hmm. Daisy Head is just so good, and I believe she's probably. I think she's British, if I'm not mistaken. And probably. boy, the, the Brits really—they know how to train their actors. And, oh, I was gonna say, and I did a little digging, and it looks like Michelle Rodriguez's character well, is a barbarian, a thief. So barbarians have a little bit of that strength in them, and then her husband, or I don't know if it's ex or current husband or whatever it was. But he is a halfling. A halfling. Oh, there you go. Oh, that makes there you sense. Go. Okay. All that D and D classes. Th- thank you, D and D, because I, I totally. It's been so long since it, I've delved into that world. I forgot it is halflings. D and D's uh, Forgotten Realms wiki. So it is Wikipedia. <laughs> You're oh, not very wrong. nice. Yeah, very, and very cool. you got to give a shout out to the writers and directors because that was a big concern for me going into this movie. A lot of times a DM in a D&D campaign will kind of have these godly characters that they insert that are just not very fun to follow because they really take away from the story and the main character you're trying to play. But the paladin, Simon, who played by Justice Smith, who they put in as this, I don't even know you call it, almost charismatic like model of a paladin where he can do no wrong. He's oh, the nicest yeah. guy. but So everyone, amazing. He has the most hilarious legend around his name. And he follows them on a journey to get an item. It's hilarious. Yeah, I think Simon Simon was the wizard. I think you're thinking of Zank. Or Zink, sorry, yeah, thank yeah, you, Z- thank yeah, you. Yeah. yeah, Zank was the paladin. And, yeah. Though, and, and yeah, he was great. Simon also, as the really bad wizard, was great. And I was going to say, because I, I mixed him up, because Simon has been in other stuff, or Justice has been in other stuff, and yeah. he's been kind of... Pikachu. Yeah, he's been kind of that weirdish character that I've never really liked, but in this one, I felt like it really played well, Yeah, because everyone knows there's nothing more annoying than a really powerful sorcerer or wizard in your campaign who just wants to cast a fireball every three seconds and mm-hmm. blow everything up and you're like man can we do something with the story or can I fight something so the fact that he sucked so bad the yes. entire movie was awesome and it it's it, it really is a fun ride and if you're a D&D fan and I've, I haven't heard any D&D fans complain about this either which is you know that's the toughest audience I am a low level D&D guy it's like I played it way back in the day but I do not know the lore and I have not read all the books and everything, so I, I you, you don't have to do much to please me. And But I'm seeing the fans also really appreciated it. Uh, so you'll probably see more of this group, and I want to see more of this group. They're a fun group. They really they, they, they worked well. The chemistry of this group of, of, of adventurers was good. Yeah, and the world they established was perfect, because I was worried again also that they were going to throw us into a world that didn't make sense, meaning that like when you jumped into it, you were going to be like, ah, I don't really know if I think this is fantasy or reality. I don't know what I'm, t- you know, can I really see anyone in this world? But now that it's established, they can really open up what they can do with the characters. You can have returning characters, like you said, with this party. You could actually introduce a dragon at some point. Yeah, maybe a beholder. Exactly. So, uh, you know, as a Lord of Waterdeep board game fan, it was so fun to hear Harper's mentioned as well as Waterdeep itself. That was really that was really fun. And uh, yeah, just so much fun. I'm really glad that uh, now also that it was successful because with the D and D Fallout we had before this, with them trying to charge some of the free creation that was going on. Well, well, that was a bit of a we mistake. Sweep that under the rug and move along to something better. Hi, we're Hasbro. Please forget that. Oh, no. They they are definitely moving along because they have announced the showrunner to their Dungeons & Dragons TV series. So this is going to be a uh, Paramount Plus official. 
That and makes sense because Paramount had them. We, we know that mm-hmm. that was their movie. And so last year we heard that Red, Direct, Red Notice director Ro, uh, Rawson Marshall is going to be developing the series. And they just added Drew Cravello as showrunner and executive producer. Now, we know him because he had a hand in developing X-Men First Class as well as Deadpool. So with those two titles under his belt between the action and the humor, I feel like... We're in good hands. So we might get something. We may we may get something different in the world, and hopefully we'll get a sequel to the movie because I can't imagine they're going to make a series out of all these actors because that's I mean that's that's a lot lot of dough I would think. Yeah, big name big names to sign up for that long. That being said, with the success of how the movie has gone, they have to continue in those footsteps with that same formula. And it's going to be interesting to see what they do because Game of Thrones has this world in the very like. I mean, it is rated R to X almost in some cases. And then Lord of the Rings is doing whatever they're doing with the Rings of Power. So it'll be interesting to see where Dungeons and Dragons, what, what's, what's the tone of that series going to be like? Mm-hmm. It seems like at least for the movie, they found a good tone. This is a lighter movie than any Game of Thrones kind of thing. And it works. It really, And I'm glad because we got enough Game of Thrones. Mm-hmm. But it's not vapid and hollow like the Rings of Power was. It just, I'm sorry, Rings of Power just was like... I mean, it looks pretty, but it's it's you know it's just like you know it's like a gorgeous, gorgeous piece of artwork that actually you realize is just there's nothing there. It's a reproduction. It's really not even. Yeah, it's a bottle of ketchup. Yeah. Did you not know by the fine detail yeah, of this show that it's yeah. actually a bottle of ketchup? That's all it is. It's yeah. It's really very. You go oh uh, from far away it looked like it was good, but upon further review, this is not that deep, and it's not you know it's like oh this is not a it's a kiddie pool. I really thought it was a deeper pool here. Uh, so I'd like to correct uh, the name. The full name of the director is Rawson Marshall Thurber. I didn't say the full name, and I did a quick search on him. One, he does not look like the kind of guy who would play D and D when you know when we were in high school, we were the dorks. And he does not look like a dork. He is a. He looks like an action figure. I will say that. Well, you know, listen. Mm. As a director, I guess you. You know what? You can look how you want as long as you make me a dang good movie. Although he is going to be writing and directing the pilot episode himself, so this is definitely something of a passion project for him. It looks like, and he was also the director of Dodgeball, which was one of my favorite movies Great of all movie. time. Wow, that is uh, that. Well, <laughs> that is interesting to see where all that goes. Yeah, as, as well as we're the Millers. Uh, all that central intelligence, oh. like Red Notice, he does. Well, so he's done comedies. He's done comedies, okay. and obviously with Red Notice, he's done, and I think he did that skyscraper movie with, I mean, we'll pretend that didn't happen, but he does comedy and he does action. So I feel like this is the right combo for a director. Yeah, it's definitely the right choice because it has to have some levity in those movies. The D&D movies have to, you know, if you, if you watch right. any of the other YouTube videos or anything like that, there's a lot of laughter amongst the, you know, action-based story that's generally being told. Uh, very exciting, though. I'm <laughs> any more in this world. I'm happy to see. Uh, moving on from one movie to the next movie, a movie that had a lot more killing in it. Jean Wick Four. Yeah, this. Uh, wow. Uh, everybody. Uh, it's so wild to think that the fourth movie in the franchise can be critically and uh, via the audience the best movie in the franchise. And if you go by Rotten Tomatoes, it's the first time a John Wick movie has gotten in the '90s in both in both cases. Uh, and it is everything that they believe it to be. I don't like to overhype anything, but it is a fantastic John Wick movie and a fantastic action movie. I would say it's the best of the of of the franchise. And you know, I mean, and they've all gotten good reviews. Actually, you've got nitpicking people that are always nitpicking, but really, the critics and the fans have loved John Wick. Always been in the '80s, pretty much uh, all of the movies, uh, except this one, which is in the '90s. And Joey, you and I were like, look. You know, the story is an okay story, 
The acting, I think, was really good with uh, Bill Skarsgård, uh, the cl- it the clown, basically being the main bad it guy. It the clown. It, Ian McShane, uh, you know, who played the hotel dude. Uh, it's great to see Clancy Brown as the harbinger, and Clancy Brown has been in a lot of stuff. Uh, he was the basically one of the bad guys in the last Dexter season, and uh, of course Lawrence Fishburne was back, and you know he's it's always fun to see him. A little sad to see Lance Reddick back because. I mean, uh, the what happened to him in the movie is unfortunately what happened to him in real life. So it was really doubly sad. Uh, and a lot of you folks that remember uh, Fringe, Lance Reddick was the, the, basically the FBI guy in charge, whatever, whatever that organization was that they were fringing around with. Uh, a show that died too early. Yeah, Lance, uh, Lance Reddick was so good and really well done. Uh, Donnie Yen, I laugh because Donnie Yen, for the <laughs> second time in his career, played a blind guy that could kick ass. Oh, he was so good. Did he say, it's like, I am one with the force, the force is with me, I am one with the force, the force is with me? The fa- my favorite part, he didn't do that, but Joe, the kitchen fight scene where the blind guy had to put these little, like, doorbell indicators, motion, sensors, motion yeah. sensors that rang doorbells so he knew where people were so he could shoot them, I just thought, okay, it's stupid, the whole concept is stupid that a blind guy could be the best assassin ever. But I am buying into this. Thank you for bringing it along. Yeah, and, it, it, it was Donnie f- was Donnie was great. He was great. I I don't know if I mean I probably you could find someone else to play the role, but his he really did embody that role so well. He's in the so movie. good. He was so he, he's such a great actor. Anyway, Donnie Yen. Uh, you know, I mean, they had the other dude who I don't know what to think of him. I I I uh, the, the the guy with the dog. Um, and I can't think of the guy's name right now. The yeah, guy, that the, the, that the, was uh, the one interesting part about this. I wasn't sure if they just wanted that a dog in the movie. Like, I think that's character. it. Not yeah. necessarily his character. His character I thought was cool in the sense of where it was going to go, but was it just because they had this canine and that was a popular thing from the third movie? That was Halle Berry's thing. Yeah. And obviously dogs are important to John Wick. And there yeah. was, it was a pivotal part of the movie that the dog was there and it basically saved John's life. Which, of course, uh, spoiler alert, if you haven't seen John Wick, it looks like this is the last movie for John Wick. I know. I, I it's, They do the thing where they don't show you the body. When they don't show you the body, someone's always coming back. Mm-hmm. And Vicky says that there is a there is a uh, a movie in the works that takes place between what? Epi- uh, three jo- and four. John Wick 3 and 4. So And, and Keanu's going to be in it. And it, it features uh, the Anna, ballerina. Anna Darmus. And uh, and you might have just recently saw her host uh, Saturday Night Live, and she did a good a great job. Uh, so uh, and she was like in one of the John Wick movies. Uh, she, I think, she was briefly in the third one, I believe. Yeah, she was I can't also remember. can't remember. In no time to die, Knives Out, Blade Runner twenty forty nine, Blonde. Which, as somebody who saw like thirteen minutes of that, I really recommend just skipping. Yeah, it. she's Skip she's. It. <laughs> I don't ever. I think she's good, and I'm excited to see what they do with her and this whole and like what they do with the John Wick franchise. It seems because Keanu's done. Yeah, I know. Uh, without going into too much about the story, uh, which uh, was I, better in this one, which is weird. But I think that that's because the bad guy was better, to your point. I think uh, Bill Skarsgård played essentially uh, a member of the round table as we go into that. I won't spoil too much about it. But the concept simply is, is that John has to kill his way to the top. Yeah, he kill his way to freedom. Yeah, well, he, they keep saying freedom, but it kind of he has that. I'm not going. I'm not dying until I'm done with destroying everyone. He doesn't really want to be a part of the system. He wants to destroy the system because he's realized he's never going to be free. And that was sort of brought up is that even though he's been fighting for his freedom, he just wants to be out. The real the real thing is is that ever since his wife was taken and the dog was taken, 
he really just wants out in one way, and that is somebody just basically shoot me, but I'll shoot you. I want to kill you all, and then I can die. Yeah, that's kind of his thing as opposed to I just want to be free to live on a farm or something. And I love it because it's essentially a war because uh, John Wick has become such a a symbol now in the assassin world that they have to kill him and everyone he knows because they have to set an example so that they don't lose this roundtable power system that they have. Yeah, and... But they have honor, you know, and so in a convoluted way, it looked like everything was going uh, against John Wick and everything was going for the bad guy. Uh, but because of the system and the honor and all this, all this stuff, which is really fun to watch, uh, including uh, you guys, you didn't recognize her, uh, but the uh, I think it was was it the Russian the, the Russian girl that high basically yeah. said yeah that's Tonks from Harry Potter. Mm-hmm. Uh, oh yeah, okay. Yeah. Game of Thrones. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, as well from Game of Thrones as well, and I forget her name uh, because uh, I have a very limited. I, I, for some just, reason, just I don't she's know. from Game of Thrones. Yeah, Game I don't have the list. I, I thought I had the full cast, and I don't have the full cast. I'd like the full cast, please. Thank you. Uh, while uh, you look for that, I do have a little bit more information. Yes, there, tell me about what's, what's, uh, what's about happening. what's going on in the world of John Wick. We do know the ballerina is going to be coming out in 2024, but there is also going to be what looks like a TV series prequel that is coming out sometime this year. Uh, it's looking like it's going to, the first episode is going to air on September 22nd, and it's going to be starring Mel Gibson. Wait, wh- what is this? A prequel? It's called The Continental from the World of John Wick. Oh. I see commercials for oh, this. Oh, now that's the, that's the hotel where, yes. Win- where Winston, you know, who was played brilliantly by Ian McShane, uh, so Mel Gibson's going to be in the show about this. Yes, he wow. plays a character called... Cormick. Okay. And then you said Winston is Ian McShane's character? Yes. So we're going to be seeing a young Ian McShane's character uh, played by Colin Woodell. So this is going to be based back in the day when oh. he was a young man. So this All is right. going to be a TV series coming out. It looks like, I think I want to say USA is the where it's going to be on, but don't quote me on that Okay, one. we'll see how violent it can be. I mean, yeah. the trouble is, is you're so set up for so much violence. Mm-hmm. But who knows? Maybe they can tell more of a story that actually has dialogue. Well, the Continental has the rules. That's the place yes. where you can't actually kill people. So oh, I wonder if right. it's going to be a lot more about the uh, spy espionage stuff that goes and it on. it looks like when I say limited series, it is a limited series. It is a three-part limited series. Oh, wow. So I don't okay. know if that means if they're doing three different seasons or three just episodes, but that's what it's sounding like right now. Well, that'll be interesting. But I mean, John Wick 4, the, the choreography and directing was amazing. Oh, so I mean, good. It was one nonstop action scene after another. And the thing is, it wasn't like CGI because you get that a lot in the Fast and Furious movies sometimes or stuff like that where they have explosions or something. This is literally just John Wick doing fight scenes over and over. Keanu killing it. Mm-hmm. I, I, so many different ones, too, like different styles as yeah. the movie goes on. Yeah. It, it, and, and the video game looking one, the top down, was fantastic. Oh, with the fire shotgun? Yeah. I mean, that was just brilliant. It is It is like uh, the when we were so excited about the original Dare, you know, the Daredevil on Netflix, the fight scenes, because mm. they looked real. These are, they look the same way, but more polished and glitzy and glamorous, if you can, Ooh. in a weird way of saying that. Uh, but they you still feel like they're real. You know, within that universe is like Joey said, instead of CGI'd. Um, yeah, so big, big ups, big ups to John. You know, big thumbs up for John Wick. John yeah. Wick four. Oh man, and that uh, driving scene with the Arc de Triumph. That scene where they're in that. Oh, lo- oh with the cars and yeah. the. I don't even know how they did that. Oh, it was so cool. Yeah, it was, it, uh, <laughs> how many times can people get hit by a car? I know. I mean, right? I know they've got these Kevlar suits that are so, like, and literally they're like suit jackets and suit pants made of Kevlar, and that's why you go. Shouldn't they be dead right now? Mm. Uh, yeah. And if you guys want to see the little teaser trailer that they came out. With for the Continental, I'll post that one. It's actually a Peacock original 
My Bad, Not USA. Oh, that makes sense because Peacock had all the John Wick movies. Yes. So you can check out the little teaser trailer on our Facebook page right now. Yeah, I'm definitely, definitely recommend checking out John Wick 4 as well. Yeah, great movie. Uh, moving on from that, BJ, we have comics to discuss. Yes, we do. And... Yeah, I, 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 right now I'm currently just reading three comics. That's where I'm at. All right, let me guess. Spider-Man? Yes. Fantastic Four? Yes. Oh, Star Wars? No. Oh, Good try, though. Three. Vicky, you got a guess? She knows. Uh, oh, no. I was, I was, all I have in my mind right now is I just saw they teased a, the new Superman, and you'll never guess who's being the new Superman. You mean? Uh, Superman, Spider-Man, excuse me. Uh, in the comics? Or? Yeah. Who's the, who's the new Spider-Man? Nightcrawler. Nightcrawler's where's the, in in comics? Yeah, it's the new Spider-Man. Wait, what? I, I haven't d- heard anything yeah. about this. When's I, that going to happen? I literally just saw an image of it, and my brain has just been on that all day. So, Kinda what is the other like one? Like it, kind of like it. I have no idea why this is happening. How uh, about you tell us about your comics, and I'll give you guys more information during the Geek Sheet. Yeah, this could be uh, this this could be an and maybe it's going this way with the current uh, world of Spider-Man, where he's trapped in this very uh, apocalyptic, post-apocalyptic version of New York. It's a dark dimension-y kind of a thing where he and Mary Jane are right now as this uh, this mathematician who's out of his mind and is able to take symbols and numbers and make crazy things happen, including getting these these gods from these other dimensions who are trying to kill Spider-Man in order to, I guess, manifest in our dimension. Uh, and uh, all sorts of, it's all about Mayan mysticism that he's bastardized. And right now, Spider-Man is just like going through hell uh, and, and trying to trying to worry, worry, you know get out of this whole situation, and so it's got this really weird sort of you know uh, post apocalypse feel, nightmare vision, as well as this Mayan influence to it, uh, you know, and and very interesting. It's like science of symbology, and where symbology can actually be used as a tech. So, um, very interesting storyline, and that's that's what's going on in, in the latest Spider Man, uh, Fantastic Four. They're still. You know, man, they are trying to just get the world to care about them a little bit. And no matter what they do, it seems the world hates them because the negative zone started attacking everybody. And the only way they could save the people that were under attack was they had to transport an entire block, uh, a neighborhood block, into the future. So they're gone for a year. They're safe. But the people are pissed that they can't see their their family and anything for a year, so they hate the Fantastic Four. And then the Fantastic Four went and got uh, some sort of disease given to them, but they were able to cure the disease. But unfortunately, they brought back the bacteria, and it's infecting all the Earth's oceans and waters, and, and they have to figure out how to get that done. And it is just uh, like a global extinction situation that they are having to deal with right now. And, yeah, it's uh, I'll tell you right now, it is not fun to be the four. <laughs> it really isn't. And um, but I also have been reading and actually next issue of the Fantastic Four, which is issue number seven. But you know how they new number things. It's really issue number 700 of all the Fantastic Fours ever. That's cool. It is. It's like, whoa. So uh, I will be getting that. It's a colossal 700. And it is going to have, you know, um, and it says even in here, it says the greatest villain of all time finally seals their doom. Wonder who that? Wonder who's going to be in issue seven hundred of Fantastic Could Four? Possibly be a doctor. I don't think so. Probably not. I, they don't. They don't need that. And um, maybe a chiropractor. Yeah. And uh, Saga is the other one I'm reading. 
uh, by Brian K. Vaughn and Fiona Staples. And it is the wonderful story about this child who was born of, it's like a sort of a, the, the union of a Romeo and Juliet situation, two alien factions that hate the F out of each other to the point where they think the other one is blasphemous, horrible. And the idea that there's a child that was made of a union of these two races, they think she is like the worst thing ever, biggest abomination ever. And so uh, we're following the storyline of her as this little kid is growing up. It's really wild. It's always been narrated. She's been the narrator. So you know she's safe <laughs> for the but most we, part. We just don't know how old she is. Like Mm-mm. you just the way it's it's really interesting as the narration happens it almost feels like she's getting older as she's narrating the story to us which i think is really clever writing i'd have to go back to issue one and see like does she sound like a a kid because she sounds older in the narration Mm -hmm. of course she's growing up we've known her since a baby as an infant and now she's probably 12 ish and uh the poor kid you know is going through all sorts of stuff including she believes that she can acquire the technology to resurrect her dead dad. Oh, that never goes well. And, yeah, there's a lot of violence in this and a lot of nudity in this, and it's just a lot of amazingness. It's an incredible epic. I don't know if they could ever bring this to any kind of show or series, but I would watch it because it's so well done. Even though poor Brian K. Vaughn, I mean, his uh, Why the Last Man didn't go so well when they brought that to the TV screen. So, um, Anyway, it's called Saga, and uh, it's pretty awesome as we she and her adopted brother uh, who is Prince Robot and this is a race of creatures that actually have it seems like you know uh, regular uh, flesh and blood bodies but they have TV sets for heads oh and it's going to make it hard to make out. It is pretty trippy. And like when they get mad at you, they, they'll talk to you. They can speak to you in a language, but then there's a picture that shows up. Like mm-hmm. so that there's one woman that was given one of these female, uh, these, these female aliens a hard time. And, and, and she says, you know what? You're being very unfair to me. But on the screen, it says, bitch, please. <laughs> <laughs> so I love the images that show up on their screen as they're also communicating with somebody. Uh, and uh, it's just very, very well done. It's called Saga, and I believe it's on Image, if I'm not mistaken. If it's, I think it's Image Comics. Awesome. Um, well, let's get to the Geek Sheet quickly, because I want to hear more about this Nightcrawler Spider-Man. The Geek Sheet with Vicky B. Vicky, tell us more. So apparently, it is in the shadow of Fall of X, one of the X-Men embraces a bold new direction in Uncanny Spider-Man. What? Nightcrawler stars in C. Spurrer and Lee Gerbert's Uncanny Spider-Man this September. So it isn't out yet. It'll be coming out. But since 2019's revolution of House of X and Power of X series, Mutant Kind has experienced, you know, unparalleled growth and prosperity on the island nation of uh, Krakoa. Krakoa. I wanted to say Krakakoa, but that's not right. (laughs) I don't think so. But uh, following July's X-Men Hellfire Gala number one, Mutant Kind will enter a thrilling new era of uncertainty, danger, and a mystery known as Fall of X. So as some of your favorite X-Men characters are crushed under the weight of this new age, one of them um, among them is going to be brought into being Spider-Man, and that is Kurt Wagner. Oh, wow. Nightcrawler. It says it's a five-issue limited series written by C. Spur, which uh, I'll check what else they've also done, but... He's done a lot of stuff already with the Krakoan era with after Legion of X and Nightcrawlers. And it's going to be drawn by Lee Garbett, which is known for Death of Doctor Strange. So this is going to be another one of those, hey, somebody else is Spider-Man right now. And he looks real interesting. Like he looks like Nightcrawler in a Spider-Man suit, but it's a black suit. It's very odd looking, but... 
Yeah. I've I, had that in my mind all day. It just throws me off. Yeah, it sure does. And I mean, who knows what else he had? I mean, uh, okay. Does he have any kind of spider powers? We'll have to find out. I don't know. It's interesting because I've been, uh, I'll sometimes just pick up series because I really like the one character not knowing what's going on with everything else. So for a minute, uh, X-23 got into cahoots when they had to go into outer space with the Fantastic Four. And the Fantastic Four had their fancy white outfits and Spider-Man being one of the Fantastic Four. Oh, I remember those days. Yeah, so I feel like, uh, you know, whatever character, whatever mantle you have, you can get another one. One that already exists. Yeah. You can be that for a little well, while. Well, Spidey was in the Fantastic Four for a while. He also was in, he's also in the Avengers. Spidey's, right. Spidey's been everywhere. My thing is, is that he's Spider-Man because he's got spider powers. So, like, all the spider people have some sort of spider powers. That's why I feel like Kurt Wagner should have some sort of spider powers beyond just what he normally has, being a teleporter and also very acrobatic. Yeah, it's a. Uh, so it's interesting because he doesn't look like Spider Man. Like his. So, like, you wouldn't mistake him like he's just taking his place for a while. Uh, I don't know. This will be very interesting to see where they go with this. Yeah, so it's it's definitely a new chapter for Kurt Wagner or, you know, Uncanny Spider Man. Which, what was the name of the one where it was uh, Doc Ock with Spider Man? Which series was that one called again? Oh, uh, Spectac. Superior. Superior, thank yeah, you. Yeah, Superior Spider Man. So, yeah, so you'll have to wait until September 6th for this to come out. And uh, I might just be reading it because it just it's that crazy. It's All five right, issues. Well, you'll have to tell me what's up because I, yeah. like, I, I, I feel like I have too many to read now and I don't read that many. Yeah, that's my thing, too. It's like I don't I want to get the big old trades. Yes. But then I get the trades and then I just keep piling them up and they get a little daunting. Well, you should probably give them to somebody, you know, named BJ. But you who don't, just you said don't... he won't read more of them. I'll read free and, stuff. <laughs> I'm not gonna. I should say I don't want to buy anymore, Joe. But ah. I'll read, I could read free stuff. Oh, I'm like, I got print. plenty if you would like. I do have all the Paper Girl books. Yeah, I know. I'm so disappointed that series got canceled. I'm hoping that one day it'll get picked up by Netflix. Yeah, because I really like that show. Especially since uh, this is not necessarily a geeky show, but it is a show that is getting a lot of attention, and I'm hearing really good things. And it's called Beef. Oh well, you bring up because of Ali Wong. Who yes, was in Ali Paper Wong Girl. was yeah. a Paper Girl. So I'm hoping she has a, like all her specials are on Netflix. That's kind of where she got her big, big start. Stephen Wynn from The Walking Dead yes. is in that. Yeah, it's a, like I will have to look up the uh, Rotten Tomatoes on that, but I'm hearing very, very. good I things. am too. I just started Yellow Jackets, so I'm kind of like I maybe I'll get the beef later because uh, I'm also watching Rabbit Hole with Kiefer mm-hmm. Sutherland, and it's like there's just so many shows, so little time, so little time. As of right now. It has got 98% on the tomato meter and 88% score. Well, I don't have score. a beef with that. Hey! hey. Uh, but I'm Ooh. hoping that that maybe will get it on wow. Netflix. Paper Girls is just that phenomenal. Uh, but I did want to go back a little bit and talk where to go. Uh, go back into the whole ballerina, uh, which has is in the, the spinoff for John Wick. Uh, I just kind of wanted to read off some of the actors that are announced for it. One All of right. them is being a big one. Okay. Uh, we do have uh, a Walking Dead alum, Norman Reedus. Oh. He's been announced that he is going to be in this. Whoa. And there's been like some behind-the-scenes pictures. All right. Uh, it does not say who he will be in all this, good, bad, whatever. Uh, it does say Ian McShane will be making an appearance, Angelica Houston, as well as the late actor Lance Reddick. Oh, wow. So, so he's already it, filmed his parts for this. At least some. Oh, wow. Okay. So it's looking like he's already in this, so... Uh, just adds up and uh, keep a lookout because it'll come out next year. And that's a, and that is uh, between episodes two and three, I believe three and three and four, and four of John Wick. So it is a yes, it, a semi prequel. It is a it's a, one of those that she is definitely going to be getting revenge after the death of her family. So it's it follows in that same vein. So oh, when are they just going to call it the crow? 
<laughs> when are they just going to do a crow version? All right. Ooh. No, I don't think I like that. I was going to say, how about uh, how about Keanu Reeves as the crow? But I don't like that. Mm. Never mind. I'm, uh, I'm, not, I'm not vibing on that. Crowano Reeves. <laughs> he won't talk a lot. That's a fact. Uh, I did find this article from BuzzFeed, and it says... It talks about songs that got a resurgence or reintroduced to audiences because of a movie or TV show. And I think specifically this last year, we've got two big ones from one show. Can All right. guess? Oh, it's got to be uh, Running Up That Hill? Yes. Yes. From Kate Bush. Yeah. And then the, uh, oh, the, the Highway to Hell. No, no, no what was, what Metallica. Was the, Metallica. Thank yes. you. I'm losing my mind. Yes. Eddie, what Eddie played. Yes. <sighs> Eddie. Yeah, Enter Sandman. Was it, was it Enter Sandman? I believe the, so, yes. Yeah. Isn't uh, Eddie getting a spinoff show? He's getting, I think, an animated prequel. Oh, okay. I think they, they have already announced they're doing an animated uh, Stranger Things show, but he's also getting his own little... It's either a prequel animated series or a prequel book, one of the two. I don't know if I'm interested. Uh, I, think I he, like him, but it's like, really... He's part of the Hellfire Club. Yeah, I mean, it's cool, but... It's, it's really for us fangirls. It, like, okay, we just want to look at him. Let's be oh, honest. Okay, fair enough. <laughs> well, we're not in that club, BJ. Yeah, I, I mean, I, you I, can be, but I mean, I understand if you don't want to. Well, I just feel like I, I like a story, not just, hey, I'm handsome and I'm Eddie. I mean, and he likes metal music. When all the like other girls started going for like the dirty metal guys, I'm like, ah, 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 those are mine. I've been into this since I was in high school. You, well, I'm not going to fight you for the dirty metal guy. Thank if that's you. What you want. That's I all mean, I want. I, I just long no, hair. Okay. You know, that smells like, a little funky. It's fine. all right. Feels like a <laughs> feels like a Tiger Beat magazine kind of thing. But, you know, I, don't I don't know, know if they make that anymore. Do they? I have no, I have no idea, idea what that is. Okay. Oh, that was like yeah. Never mind. Uh, the first one on this list, though, that is not obviously. Uh, from Stranger Things, it is from the Umbrella Academy. Oh, what? What's? Uh, there's a lot of music. There's in a that lot show. of really good music, but I, the one, the big one that they're talking about is from the first season. I think we're alone now, where they do that really awesome scene oh, where they're all dancing yeah. in individual rooms. Was that the original from Tommy James, no. or was uh, it's a I, Tiffany's cover? Oh, it was Tiffany's. Well, yeah. So yeah. it's Tiffany's cover is what they were dancing to. Yes. Okay. I think we're alone now. Even made gosh. its rounds on TikTok. Well, look at Tiffany getting back. Uh, Maybe she'll be at a mall near you. Uh, so this one, <laughs> she used to play at the malls back in the day. Actually, uh, <laughs> that was her. That was her bag. She used to do that. <laughs> so this one, this song, I know for two different reasons. Yes, not the one they're talking about. It is called "Stuck in the Middle with You" from Reservoir Dogs. Oh right, yeah. Uh, and this is when I think he does his little dancey dance to the song and. Like, I think hurts the guy, but I know this because they spoofed it on Bob's Burgers. Well, of course they did. And it was the episode where they actually had uh, Patton Oswalt voice a food critic. And so they wanted to, like, torture him a little bit. And he does a little dance with the song, Stuck in the Middle. And then he sticks his finger in his mouth and does the uh, Wet Willy. Gives him a Wet Willy. And he's like, no! So that's how he was getting tortured. That was from Bob's Burgers. Yes. Okay. I'm sure he gets hurt a lot worse in Reservoir Dogs. Uh, but yeah. Stuck in the Middle with You is also the theme song to the show Grace and Frankie. Stuck oh, right. That's right. You. Yeah, that's, that's that's the theme song right there about basically uh, two women that basically bond together because their husbands have been pretty much gay but never really wanted to admit it, and they've been pretty much like loving each other, and uh, they finally come out. They've been cheating out. on their wives for 20 yeah, years. for a long time, and then they finally come out and admit it. Yep. And, uh, but then they, too, become really, really very close and good friends. Even though they hated each other beforehand. Exactly. Uh, great, a really great show Fun with show. Lily Tomlin and uh, Elizabeth Fon- Elizabeth, uh, Jane Fonda. Jane Fonda. I will yeah. say the first few seasons were, I think, the best. After that, I'm like, ugh. 
Yeah, you know, what did they have, four or five seasons or something, something like that? Something like that. Yeah. I uh, love them a lot, though. Uh, another show or movie that does have a lot of great, great music, and that's Guardians of the Galaxy. And the one they're referring to is Come and Get Your Love. Oh, yeah. Come and get your love. That's when he goes and steals the, uh, right at the beginning, right? Yes. Was that what he's listening yes. to? Yeah. And he's doing the little dance yeah. and like singing into the weird little creature. I loved when they went back in time and during the Avengers and watched him do that. And it's like, what is wrong with him? <laughs> oh, yeah, oh, my think, God. So I he's... totally forgot about that part. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> he's, what is it? He goes, so he's an idiot. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> exactly. Yes, yes, yes. Yeah, yeah. pretty much. Yeah, that is exactly what I am very looking forward to Guardians 3. Uh, Karen Gillan, man, and the way she plays Nebula. Mm-hmm. Uh, if you've ever seen Karen Gillan do anything else, uh, you know, if you saw her in the uh, Jumanji movies, of course, a lot of us love her from Doctor Who. Uh, she is so good. And you don't even know how good she is because Nebula is a particularly dark character. But the com- the comedy and her and her her timing and the way she delivers things, especially in the trailer, you know when when you know uh, Star Star Lord looks at her, then oh maybe I should be loving you after all, as opposed to Gamora. Stop it! You know, cut that out. You know, and I just—it's just such great comedy. And Karen Gillan is such—I I just love her. She's such a good actor. I am so excited and so afraid of that new movie coming out, the new Guardians of the Galaxy movie. They—they're they, James Gunn's gonna break our heart. I know oh, it. Yeah, I, know I mean, it. it's you got, I mean, people gotta leave. I mean, they gotta do Phase seventy two, and not everybody can be part of that. That's Order fifty six. Oh, yeah, that's what it is. Yeah. Or sixty nine, depending on yeah. where you are. Hey. I mean, pretty much everyone that we know, it's gonna be replaced by the kids. It's, it's gonna be Guardians, it's kids of the galaxy. Uh, next one on this list is uh, from Fight Club, Where Is My Mind? So the band Pixies released the song in 1988, oh, okay. and then over 10 years later, they uh, it was like right at, I think, at the end of the uh, movie where, you know, spoiler alert, all the stuff kind of gets blown up. Yep. The Banks, where which is, ironically kind of had a foreshadowing uh, to what's going on now. <laughs> Whoops. And that caused a resurgence for that song. That song is pretty phenomenal. Uh, one of the big ones, and... I will. I have a little quip that you guys should go Google after this. Uh, but being Bohemian Rhapsody on Wayne's World. Uh, so apparently, over, when the pandemic first started, they were doing a lot of these interviews. I think it was even um, Josh Gad doing like interviews at home, and he interviewed, I believe, everybody from Wayne's World, and he even got Brian May in there, which I believe is the bassist or guitarist. I I keep getting I'm confused. He for. plays an instrument for the Queen people. For the Queen people. And when the movie was released, it seemed like Eddie Mur- or Eddie Murphy. <laughs> Eddie Murphy. Eddie Murphy was not happy that he was not allowed to be no. Freddie Mercury in that movie. Freddie Mercury. And Eddie Murphy said, I really should be the guy. I, I, mean, I guess I, I'll just play Donkey with uh, Mike right. Myers in a few yeah, years. Yeah. That'll be fine. Yeah, he'll sing the Big Butt song. No, but apparently they got the movie to Freddie Mercury early and he actually did got to get to see it before he passed away. And That's cool. That was Mike Myers' finding out about it for the very first time he's like i had not heard about that and to see his face like oh that was so sweet so definitely check it out uh, you can just find it on youtube uh one that i have not seen but i hear good things head like a hole in the black mirror episode i believe sang by miley cyrus was is that the episode that she was in yes ah. she played a fictional pop star ashley yeah. oh her hit song on a roll was a pop version of nine inch nails oh yeah yeah that that's when you first thought oh miley she might want to do some rock and if you guys haven't checked out Miley Cyrus doing rock music, I definitely recommend it. This is a movie that I don't know if many people have seen, but it's near and dear to my heart. It is called Benny and June. Actually filmed here in Spokane, oh, Washington. Benny and June, that's a classic. Oh, yeah. Uh, it came out in 93, and the big song from that movie was I'm Gonna Be 500 Miles from the Proclaimers. Oh, yeah. Really? Yep. It features in the opening credits. It's, I believe, also the end credits. And it was just, it peaked at number three on the Billboard chart that same year. 
Uh, another one, Stand By Me in Stand By Me. Hey, I know that. <laughs> Carry On My Wayward, Wayward Son. Ah, yes, Kansas. From- Guitar Hero. <laughs> Supernatural. Ah. That is their, uh, their, um, their theme song. Oh, for, uh, for each episode, and my best friend who got me into watching Supernatural—that is her ringtone for. <laughs> ah, <laughs> see, my wayward son. Uh, you can check out the rest of this list on our Facebook page. And is there a song that you just really love from a movie or a show that just like you think of the song, you think of the movie, or you think of the movie, you think of the song? Let me know. And until next time, stay nerdy.